is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. They were teasing this movie in a way that made it seem like a heist. Providing insight. His dance is just excellent. So graceful. Commentary. He shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pickup. And conjecture. He has found himself in a world turned upside down. And now, Gutterball. This will stop. It's all right, though. It happens that way sometimes. Sloppy, sloppy lunch meat, Brad. Sloppy, sloppy lunch meat. Oh, there's... Wait a minute. Eddie... Eddie Bedock? Eddie Bedock? Oh. Disregard. I was trying to get... Disregarded. (laughs) It's too late. I'm going on with it. But I was trying to get... Airplay, airdrop to work, sorry, airdrop between my phone and my laptop mm-hmm. because, you know, to take a snapshot of the movie, you can't really do it through iTunes because they have their fancy, like you can't print screen or do any of that crap or do a little, you know, it just comes out black. Right. Um, but if you do it on the phone... And you take a snapshot of the screen, it works. So when we want to make our little um, visual aids, I have to take the snapshot on my phone, upload it to Google Drive, download it to my laptop, do my manipulations, upload it back to Google Drive, then put it in the document. Yeah. AirDrop would be would at least eliminate one step. Well, two steps. the up, The first upload and the first download. I would just And what does this have to do with Eddie Redmayne? Well, I had uh I was looking up support. I didn't have much I just tried one web but it was like it had a big picture there of Eddie Badock. But it was it was oh. a web page that's showing Finder with the airdrop window and I got confused. I have two screens, I'm looking at different screens. I got, you know A man with two screens. And then can never be sure. And there he is, Eddie Badock. And I thought someone was in my home. Like maybe Camilo was in my home again, but he had changed his name. Maybe I see. Maybe Camilo I wasn't even really his I name. I finally figured out what the hell you're talking about. Do you see it? It's probably one of the it first results. Has just dawned on me. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> it shows you the little radar waves and the little circles with people's names in there. Right. You thought this image of a airdrop was actually your airdrop yeah or it was like showing my phone's airdrop and all the people and some around dude me. was in your proximity right. right which would not be possible you could airdrop with him which would not be possible there should be I no one i don't think i've ever airdropped anything it would be nice if it worked yeah i think i've tried once or twice and it's just like well whatever i have shared screens like remote desktoping basically that's fun. I freaked Leslie out one time doing that. I did a spotlight search and I was like, hi there. <laughs> and she thought somebody had hacked into her computer. Oh, those and hackers. I, yeah. And someone did hack into her computer. Well, I guess so. It was you. It wasn't much of a hack, really. Well, they never really are much of a hack. That's the secret. It's usually crap like that. Right. Bunch of hacks. Fucking amateurs. Yep. 
Hack hackers. Hack fucking hackers. Are you a hacker, ha- Brad? My hacker. Yeah, you hacker. I do not identify as a hacker, no. Okay. Would you consider yourself someone who has some of the skills of a hacker? Uh, maybe. Like what? Maybe. It all depends, I guess. Like, I will hack something together. Like an omelet. Okay. Or even a digital omelet. Right. I've... I can build a digital omelet with the best of them. I, I can't. I once made some digital lo mein. I, I built a digital omelet one time, and it lacked perspective, so I gave up on digital omelets altogether. Have you ever eaten electric corn? Not that I know of. Maybe. No slurping digital lo mein? No, you've built some digital lo mein, though? I've, um, invited people to eat digital lo mein. Is this, are we, are we talking about Second Life? No. Okay. Hell no. Okay, I was hoping hell, not. Hell no. What year is this? Second Life. About? Is that still around? I believe it is. I believe it is. Although, I guess, you know, Minecraft kind of blew it out of the water, maybe. Does that even make sense to make sense to say that? I mean, obviously, Minecraft's much more popular. Minecraft lacks the sexual promiscuity, promiscuity, I suppose. Well, it might not even make any sense. Or just the deviance, the general deviance of Second Life, I think. Right. Targeted. I can't spell Lomain. I keep spelling it L-O-M-A-I-N. I'm right. trying to talk. I mean, there's certain Lomains, but that wouldn't be the Lomain. No. Of the, of especially my digital Lomain. No, if I was going to do it that way, I would do it L-O-W space M-A-N-E, and then show a picture of, like, Asian noodles. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That actually would be awesome because it sounds exactly right. the same. It's a it's a plural name. It's a, a homo. I thought you were going to sh- say there'd be like a horse, but with like a really short hair going down its neck. No, that's too too on the nose. Too on the nose, right? Like unlike uh, buffalo things, right? <laughs> Peppertoni pizzazz. I don't know if there's a worse one than Peppertoni pizzazz. What's worse than that? Ah, God. Blumbos. Yeah, maybe Blumbos or just Blumbos are pretty bad. What about that? Yeah, that's pretty bad. What about salmon? Talking. Salmon is pretty good. Salmon and talking. Should we should we let the what do you think all the listeners know what we're talking about? They must. They must. All the listener? The, the listener knows. It's been blowing up on the social media tubes. Has it? Well that's what what's her name wanted, right? They just want some hits. Exactly. She got she what got she it. wanted. That's so Maybe not exactly the way she wanted, or maybe that was her plan all along. I don't know. Maybe she's the Andy Kaufman of BuzzFeed. <clears throat> Quite possible. I think the Andy Kaufman of BuzzFeed would write serious, hard-hitting journalism, to be honest with you. Because that would really be... Well, BuzzFeed does have a serious, hard-hitting journalism division. What do they hit hard? Lindsay Lohan? I can't think slip? off the top of my head, but they do. I'm going to... 
Google Lindsay Lohan, BuzzFeed Lindsay Lohan nip slip. Because you, because you thought it, you thought Lindsay Lohan nip slip. So you're like, I now cannot not Google that. Yeah. And you've you, BuzzFeed.com, Lindsay Lohan Muse Magazine, Niptastic. BuzzFeed.com, Lindsay Lohan nipple slip, NSFW pick. So I was close. Nipple slip. They were formal. So that is kind of hard hitting journalism. This is they the quickest our podcast nipple has what devolved to this point. This is the quickest our podcast has ever devolved to us just looking stuff up online <laughs> and randomly saying letters and numbers in an endless stream. <laughs> Usually it takes like an hour for us to get to that point. Well, we're always I see the nip slip. I see it. Although I don't know. She was in Playboy, so this isn't well, really. Here's a story news from anymore. December fourth, twenty thirteen. That's a good date. It is. That's your birthday, That's a Brad. Good date. It, it was my birthday back in twenty thirteen. Yep. Yeah. Happy birthday. You only have a Thank birthday you. every two to three years. That's how you stay so more or less felt and spry, king of PA. It says here, BuzzFeed has hired reporters to cover politics and culture and added reporters in Cairo, Istanbul, Russia, and most recently, Nairobi, Kenya. The promise to offer stories with distinctive takes, not just the latest development. Well, for instance, this is a distinctive take because the post was created by a user and has not been vetted or endorsed by BuzzFeed's editorial staff. So oh, they added that to this to this Blumbo post. No, or is that the Lindsay Lo- Lohan post? Lohan nipple slip. Yeah, because I think the Blumbo post carries no such disclaimer. No, the Blumbo post is legit. It right? was vetted by BuzzFeed's editorial staff. Theoretically, I think you're using the wrong internets again, though. Right now, so you're breaking up a little bit. Lindsay Lohan Muse Magazine Niptastic outtakes. Oh, jeez. Let's, let's, can we move on, please? Let's, let's do that. We went, well, yeah, the BuzzFeed article was like, what, slightly, we, slightly wrong names for foods? <laughs> yes. That's, and that was the extent of it. So it'd be a picture of a food, and then the w- word or words describing that food wouldn't be quite right. Right. So instead of milkshakes, it would say milk snakes. But it's not like there's snakes crawling around in the milkshakes. It really just is a picture of two milkshakes. Right. Regular old milkshakes. Instead of mozzarella sticks, it was Cinderella steaks. Again, nothing princess related about them. Just regular old mozzarella sticks with with the caption, Cinderella steaks. We'll throw the link to this as well as to the the, uh, hilarious commentary. The commentary is what makes it. Yes. We'll throw those into the good old show notes. Where do you find the show notes? You can find the show notes at gutterballs.com. Oh, don't confuse the listener. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Gutterballs.tv. Although shownotes.com would be a really cool URL. It would be. Gutterballs.tv slash 077 for this episode 77. Shownotes.com. Shownotes.com. Is that available? Well, it's under construction. Maybe? I can't tell it's here. Under construction. Well, we'll have to look into that because I'd, I'd be worth owning. 
It's probably, if it is available, it's probably like $13,000. Right. At least. 30 grand, maybe. Network Solutions, yeah. coming soon. Shownotes.com. I bet like show, some of those weird new domains they have are like available. Like the construction page generate a page for a domain that is not yet attached to an active website. So somebody just bought it, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know enough yeah, about this Yeah, if anything hacking, comes up, like someone owns it. Okay, gotcha. Otherwise, well, gotta it get would give you a GoDaddy link or some shit. Wouldn't you give you anything? Well, you should just hack it, man. Can you just hack it? I'll try that. All I'll right. do my uh, digital domain technique. What's the me and Eddie Redmayne will do that? What's what's the digital domain? Are you gonna tell me? Are you gonna clue me in? I, I, I couldn't not tell you because you're not a hacker. I'm not allowed to. It's for hackers only, Adam. I'll tell you what my um, digital omelet is. Hey. Hey, how you doing, Brad? Here I am doing good. Are you using the right internet? I will. I was not using the right internet. I'm using the right internet now. I will take full responsibility for that technical glitch. You should write yourself a little post-it note, maybe a digital post-it note. Say, use the right internet. Yeah. What I should do right, is but, just, okay. I don't know what I should do. Yeah, a digital post-it note would be Make good. your own internet. There's a URL for you. Get that website. Okay. Digital domain. You won't tell me what that is. I was going to tell you what my digital omelet was, but I'm, I'm not going well, to. We're here now, and I'm on the correct internet. So let's let's hear it. But you're not going to tell me what digital domain is. That's that's the no, trade off. It's the trade off. Well, then I guess we're just going to both have to agree to not know it's, what each other's digital food stuff is actually made of it's lindsay lohan-esque it's tit for tat you don't you don't spill it you don't get it the no, thing I is i told you i can't tell you it's a hackers only you already know what my digital omelet is actually you've seen it it's all right it's all right okay forget it move on all right move on buzzfeed all does right. hard-hitting reporting i think we can move on from that yes I've right. been duly schooled. It, it, it does. It does. In how serious they are about their journalism. I, I apologize, but well, you know, there's different sides of the house, right? <laughs> sure. There's the journalism side, and there's the um, let's see how much we can get away with side. It's like the whole Michael Bay thing, right? We talked about that. Maybe we didn't. What we ever talk it? about that in this podcast? Michael Bay frequently, like. Like Michael Bay, right? We talked about him. Well, sometimes. What about him? How his tran his the Transformers is like just a um, an experiment to see how uh, to see how much he can get away with and and still make billions of dollars. It's working out okay so far. I mean, it's a yeah. I mean, each successive movie is more and more ludicrous and full of bizarre things that don't even make sense it's not even like it's a bad movie it's just like random random movies like the jesus no tone. showing up what's that like the jesus showing up in those movies yeah exactly exactly that's the only like random thing i can think of is john turturro being in 
which I guess was the first one. I don't know if I saw the second one. I think I may have. How many? That's how many a, are there? There's been four. And you've seen all of them? Yes. Wow. And I've seen each one in the theater. Oh my! Why? I don't know why. I don't know why. It's not even like you get blown away by the special effects or anything. No. It just is all a bunch of noise. Yeah. It really is a bunch of noise. And sometimes, literally, I, wa- I think I may have seen the second one. Or maybe it was the first. I don't know. I, I watched one at home. I have a pretty big TV. It's nice. But, like, I don't know if it was whatever the cable provider was or what. But it was literally a bunch of noise, like pixelated, jagged squares. Anytime anything moved across the screen. So I can only imagine. I'm, I don't think it's that way in the theater exactly. Well, not exactly. Not exactly, but it might as but, well be. But that's a good idea for a movie. Just like the Pixel movie. The Pixel movie. So they kind of did that. Let's go see the Pixel movie. I want to see what those pixels are up to this time. It's like Pixel a, 7, getting more pixeled. <laughs> it's just four alternately colored squares, and they well, sort that's of the thing. randomly well, vibrate. Well, more. You can eventually have like 32, 32 pixels on the screen at once. I say we start taking them away until there's only one pixel. Mm. See? See? Yep. Yeah. That's why you're who you are, and I'm just a hacker. <laughs> right. But those movies, they are a bunch of noises. That, was that your point? Like, there's nothing... It's just, like, giant robots smashing each other around? Well, there's there's stuff. Giant robots smashing each other around in an incomprehensible way where, you know, in one moment, Optimus Prime is talking about dignity and honor, and then the next one, he literally rips a, another robot into two pieces and screams, I will kill them all. It's just bizarre. Like, it's just very bizarre. And then it's like, oh, the whole planet is going to be destroyed. Let's put in, like, two, um, you know, racist robots in there for no reason. Two racist robots? And cut to them. Well, the robots aren't racist. They're like, well, the second movie did get a lot of flack, and I have to kind of agree (laughs) that these there was, like, these two bumbling robots that they felt were, like, like a like a throwback to like the tradition, you know, going back to maybe like the 30s of a uh, very, rather negative stereotype of African-Americans in cinema. I see. It's the Jar Jar Binks effect. Kind of. Except like times 10. Even worse. Hmm. Yeah. It was, it was pretty hardcore. <sighs> yeah. Hmm. And you think... That's on purpose, or you're speculating that it could be on purpose. Not that specifically, but that kind of inscrutable yes, the, the nonsense. nonsense. Hmm. The nonsense. Well, and the, the the extent they take to like put in product placement. Yeah. Well, they're making bank off of that. But like again, it's to the point where it's not even like it's like Truman Show esque. It's yes, exactly. They're turning to the camera and saying, "I just woke up. It's time for my Ovaltine." Yes, like they turn to the camera and like, "Look, Beats by Dr. Dre." <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> okay. 
And you and you go and see all these movies in the theater. I don't know why. I could sense the sorrow in your voice just then. I don't I really can't explain why. There was legitimate sorrow. I felt it. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. <laughs> and I bet when Transformers 5 comes out, you will be there. I probably will be. She at this point it's like I have to do it. At this point I have to do it. Is Sheila Booth in those movies still? Not anymore. He's too busy. He was in the first three. Cage the fourth fighting. one was kind of like a, <laughs> a somewhat of a reboot. And now it has Marky Mark. I like Mark Wahlberg. He's okay. Except they had him play in the fourth movie. They had him play this like bumbling inventor. No. Yes. And his sidekick was, um, oh, I can't think of the actor's name now. He's this comedic actor. He's in Silicon Valley. Is it the main one, the nerdy one? The nerdy the, one. The Did one that, that narrow like, it down for you? He was in Silicon Valley. The guy, uh, TJ something is the actor's name. Mm. He was the guy that owns the house in Silicon oh, Valley. Oh, yeah, that guy. The Aviato. Aviato. That guy. And so he's in here and actually, okay, he's like maybe the one decent thing in the movie because he has some decent like comedic lines and comedic timing, except, and I don't care about spoiling this movie because it doesn't even, it do, it's, it, like it's impossible to spoil. Is his name Jack Raynor? Raynor? I don't think so. I don't know. Okay. Except through the one part through the movie, this, um, Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer's in that fucking movie? Yes, oh. he's in Transformers 4. So the, this comedy guy who's the comic relief, and the one scene, they're running away from the from the bad robot, and he drops some type of weird uh, robot bomb thing that's kind of like part of the MacGuffin of the movie, where it kind of like, like turns everything into metal. It just kind of spreads out with this effect of just everything turning to metal. Good thing the Transformers are already caught metal. Up into it. And he's turned into this kind of charred metal guy standing there, the comedic relief character. Okay. And 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 they're all like, "Oh God!" And they, but you know, they're driving away, he's trying to get away from the metal and the robot. And then it cuts back to him, like them, his metal metalized corpse that's just kind of stuck standing there in place. And the camera is on it for so long. <laughs> I'm going to say ten seconds. It's just on it. They and you're for sure something is going to happen. Are they dollying it in? Will, are they panning? Are they tilting? I don't think they're doing anything. They're just showing it, right? I, mean, I can't say without seeing exactly. They're, it's just they cut back to it, and it's like, okay, oh, he's going to maybe not really be dead. They're showing all of a sudden it's going to be like click, click, and like he's like his finger comes out of the metal. He's still alive under there. Something, right? But nothing happens. And then I'm like, oh, well, he's going to come back later as a robot. Because in the beginning of the movie, they show them, it goes back like 60 million years ago. And these all these spaceships come over the Earth with, covered with th all the dinosaurs around the Earth. And it starts dropping these kind of metal bombs, turning everything into metal. And they see these dinosaurs kind of getting like <laughs> turned into metal. And then... The next shot is like, oh, it's the modern day, and they're in Antarctica, and they're like digging up a dino metal dinosaur skeleton. Don't ask me how that got into Antarctica, but so it's like, oh, Probably. we all know the Dinobots are supposed to be in this movie. So here's like the origin, right? 
this bomb turn these living things into metal, but now they're going to be robots. This giant metal dinosaur will become a... Oh, it's the Dinobots. And now this comic relief character, even though it's kind of weird, he'll come back. But no, none of that ever happens. No. Why did they even discover the metal dinosaur? They never even come back to it. They never come back to the metal guy, even though they cut back to him. Well, maybe they're... They just showed it. But maybe they're saving it up for the next movie. Five. No, because the Dinobots do come out in this movie, and they're never explained who they are or where they came from. But you just said we saw them dig up a metal dinosaur in Antarctica. But that's not the Dinobots. It's not? Optimus Prime goes into this spaceship, that, that and he's like... Oh, he like he picks up his sword. It's like he commands them. He's like, "I am the master." Blah blah blah. And I summon you now, lost souls. Something like the dino. These like Dinobots break out of the spaceship. Well, and it makes no like it's so bizarre. <laughs> it makes no sense. I mean, not to mention. <laughs> You're watching the movie for two and a half hours. Then he finally calls in the Dinobots. And there's another hour left of the movie of the Dinobots fighting. The the movie's three and a half hours long. Yes. <laughs> You're, see, I can't believe anything you say. It's freaking long. I'm going to I'm looking it up. It's uh, it's look it up. 165 minutes. All right, so it's two hours and 45 minutes. That's a long fucking movie. <laughs> That's pretty long. exactly as long, I think, as um, it, the movie I saw three times that I already... Interstellar. But Interstellar was, to me, a fast two hours and 45 minutes. And yes. it kind of needed every bit of that as far as I was concerned. From the sound of it, Transformers Age of Extinction maybe didn't need all two hours and 45 minutes. They could have cut some down. I will say John Goodman. We talked about this because John Goodman is in the movie as the voice of one of the Transformers. Okay. I Yeah. And I want to say, see, now I can't remember. I'm pretty sure we talked about this back when it happened now. I'm remembering it because there was something that I felt was a Lebowski reference thrown in there. Because of John Goodman voicing one of these characters? He said, yeah, he put that in there. I know there's the calmer than you are. No, that was in Transformers 4, calmer than you are. But it wasn't John Goodman saying it. Who said it? Well, it was John Goodman saying it, but... Oh my god, okay, I'm going to talk about Transformers 4 some more. And then, <laughs> let's move on to Lebowski. Okay. This will be the last thing I say about Transformers Ken 4. Ken Watanabe and is I've in it. I've said this before in this very podcast, but I'll say it again. I'm pretty care. sure I've said it I before. I don't remember it. So the character of Bumblebee, for whatever nonsensical reason, cannot talk. Like, his speech processor is broken or whatever. He has to play music. So he only communicates by playing like snippets of music right. and things from the radio and I guess other recordings. He's got so like sometimes characters be, like, can't, things will be thrown in there. They can't fix a like, speech uh, converter. They travel right. through the Even universe. Even though they fix it at the end of of the first movie. And then it's just broken for the next three because they're like, well, he couldn't talk in the first movie. That was like his thing. So we don't want to change that. Yeah. Can't change it now. Even though he spoke at the end of the first movie, they fixed it and he spoke. It was kind of like the end scene. It's like, oh, he can speak. He speaks now. And he like says some nice thing to Spike. Anyway, 
calmer than you are, right? The Autobots, well, one, the Autobots fight among each other like spoiled children throughout the whole movie. Oh, come on, Autobots. Which is like, what is that? Those, that like, why would I want to watch a Transformers movie where the Autobots are acting that way? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And then, uh, and each Autobot, I'll just add this too, is a different uh, ethnic stereotype. Well, again, there's like the Japanese, like Santa Menace, Transformer that has a samurai way, sword. What's that? Like again, Phantom Menace was the same way. Yeah, they go to negotiate. You know, that was the Asian stereotype. There, ah, mm-hmm. oh, the Jedi are coming. It's like, what are you doing? You yeah, seriously, jackass. What? What are you really doing? Yeah. Yeah. So this has, yeah, this has like the, 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 the Japanese transformer that has like a samurai sword and always talks about honor and samurai, blah, something. And then there's the, uh, the one that was like British that talked like a World War II British soldier. That's kind of how I interpreted him. I don't even remember who the hell there was. He's the one that blows up the bridges with the suitcase bombs. He's David yeah, Niven. There was the, there was the, yeah, there was the Mexican transformer. Then there was the gay transformer. There, everything was fabulous. It just didn't make any sense. It was so bad. But Bumblebee was, he only speaks. And at one point, so again, the Autobots are always fighting. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, you have to like stay calm, Bumblebee or something. And the little thing was the clip from Lebowski. Calmer than you are. But it was the actual quote. I believe but, it was the actual quote, the actual audio from there. That's, well, that was probably the best part of the movie. It, I think it actually was. Hmm. It was the best part of the movie. Well, I have to admit, I enjoyed Transformers for a lot simply for how bad it was. Like it got to that point where I was actually enjoying Like, how could they have actually made this? How could they have actually done this is what I was thinking. Speaking of. Uh, Samurais and Christopher Nolan, Ken Watanabe was also in Transformers 4. Yes, he was the voice of the Samurai Transformer. Of course he was. So that's what makes it okay. Right, right. Exactly. Not that it makes it make sense, that's what makes it okay. (laughs) I mean, that was the defense also of the purported um, racist Transformer portrayals in Transformers 2 was like, well... One of them was voiced by an actual black guy, so it's fine. One, uh, you know. I mean, one of them was. One of them was. <laughs> yeah. It's 50% okay. But I'll say this, in Ken Watanabe's IMDb bio, the what third sentence is, Ken is mostly known in Japan for playing samurais. So, I mean, that is like his specialty. I guess. Yeah. He was in The Last Samurai, for Pete's sake. He was, what, Ra's al Ghul, Batman Begins. So, I don't know. He was Ra's al Ghul? I'm assuming so. He's in Batman Begins. He did, he was in there. Who else would he have been? Had to be him. Well, the actual Ra's al Ghul was... Well, you know what I mean. But was he even like a fake Ra's al Ghul? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was... Batman Begins. Yes, he was the... I mean, it's old enough now, right? Sure. Yeah. He was Ra's al Ghul. The original Ra's al Ghul. Well, all right. I, the I one still, from the beginning of the I movie. I still feel uncomfortable. 
I said it was right. long enough, but I still feel uncomfortable with it. It is a Nolan film. Right. Didn't get you in there three times. No. He tried. But I own it. He thought Batman was the key. I own it on Blu-ray. You, you do own it on Blu-ray, so. Mm-hmm. Not bad. So I probably okay. see it more. Yeah. Okay. What about Lebowski and the Sheets Goldstein house? That's where we Should are. We play the minute? That's where we are, so we might as well get some context, I guess. Let's go ahead. Let's do it. Do it. Launch. White Russian. How's the smart business, Janky? I wouldn't know, dude. I deal in publishing, entertainment, political advocacy. Uh, which one's log jamming? Yes, regrettably, it's true. Standards have fallen in adult entertainment. It's video, dude. Now that we're competing with those amateurs, we can't afford to invest in little extras like story, production value, feelings. No, people forget that the brain is the biggest erogenous zone. Well, you maybe. Of course, you have to take the good with the bad. New technology permits us to do very exciting things in interactive erotic software. Wave of the future, dude. 100% electronic. Hmm. Well, I still jerk off manually. Of course you do. I can see you're anxious for me to get to the... We're back. Bingo. Bingo. Interactive erotic software. Wave of the future, Brad. 100% electronic now you're a hacker (laughs) yes tell me all about it so at first i wasn't completely like so i did a little research (laughs) and it did kind of jog my memory you in incognito mode google chrome i was not actually in incognito mode you're like fuck it at this point I mean, it's it's somehow, even though I realize the people searching through my uh, Google history won't realize it, but still somehow, like, there's a difference between just uh, idle curiosity and legitimate research in my own mind. Okay. And this was legitimate this research, was so... Legitimate research. Straight up. So, there were actually some, rather, that I remember now, um, from back then, some, some, some you know, rather notorious pieces of interactive software from the early 90s. You just saw some commercials for them, or how do you remember these? Well, I, you know, that's a good question, how I really know. It is a pretty good question. That's um, why I asked you know, It's it. just one of these things that, like, go, you just know, like, underground, right? Like, hmm. so I, so again, being a hacker, <laughs> I would, um, you know, back then, the thing to do was to go to computer shows. Have you ever been to a computer show? What is that like? Like a convention or something? And it's all computers? Not quite like a convention. Um, it's just kind of like a, like a swap meet, but it's all computers. It's just like a like a gun show, I guess. Although I've never been to one. I, of them, I've never so been to a gun show. It's tautology that I'm thinking a gun show is like a computer show. Yeah, because all of my gun show, uh, I. I notions are based on going to computer shows. It's just like it would, yeah, it would probably be like a, at a convention center or something like that, but really it was just like a giant 
<clears throat> floor, like show floor, kind of where you'd go through and there'd be vendors there. Like, oh, it's like here's what we have. It, Look, it's the new RX twenty twenty seven BD graphics. It's card. like you NAB really or CES or something. Kind so it's of, like I going mean, to a conference, except they eliminate everything except the exhibit floor. It's just the exhibit kind of, floor. Yes. Okay. And but it wasn't an exhibit floor. Like it wasn't in the sense that like going to CES, like you're going there to see like Samsung and their newest thing. Because this this was more like like you'd go there to actually buy stuff. Okay. Well, and, I think you buy stuff at a gun show. Yeah. Exactly. Like like it's not like you're going here to be shown. It's not like a company is doing their grand unveiling there. Like at CES, it's just more like, yeah, like, you know, there, and these would happen every couple months in the area, different location. You could, you could just go there, right? And you could find probably, you know, like stuff you could never like walk into a store and buy, like, especially at that time. That would be your weekend. You know, yeah, like specialized content. And, you know, and there, yeah, and there'd be software there, hardware. You know, this is back when... You know, you like all your computers were kind of like hand built. It wasn't like you'd walk into the store and be like, oh, I'll take that one. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to use this case and this motherboard with this processor and this graphics card and this sound card, right? So you might go there and, oh, this sound card is better than mine. And this guy is like selling them cheap because he's just trying to move them. Like, I'll buy one. I can't mm-hmm. wait to go home and like swap that puppy out right out of this like $40 aluminum box or 40 pound aluminum box. That is your computer. Yeah. I, I built my time. own computer. It was long after that, but I did eventually. Yeah. Probably 10 years after you did, but so, so yeah. So, you know, so you'd be there and there'd probably be a little bit of so there, uh, period content there. No tiger com back then. Yeah. There was nothing.com right. back then. But uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, so so you'd see it from there. You'd get maybe a computer magazine. You'd hear about it from your computer friends I'm talking about the on the schoolyard. Like, you know, just, and, and again, the erotic these things were kind of notorious because it was like, oh, here I am. OK, 1991. What am I like in junior high or high school almost? But it's just like, oh, yeah, if I could get my hands on virtual Valerie. And just see what it's all about. Now, was that one of them? Virtual Valerie? Do you remember Virtual that? Virtual Valerie was one. Stuck with you this long. Must have been well, good. I, I could not have pulled this up until I did my research. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember now. I remember Virtual Valerie. Of course, there's Leisure, Leisure Suit Larry. I know Leisure Suit Larry. Yeah, so there you but go. I think Inter- only from I mean, you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, to call it uh, interactive... They call it erotic might be That's uh, a stretching the bounds. That is definitely but I mean, a even like, you know, in the in the uh, early 80s, there were like these Atari porn games. What? That are really, really bizarre. Yeah. But because so like 7800 like, weren't sanctioned by Atari. But unlike now, like you could kind of back then, if you were an electronics maker, you could just make a cartridge that would run on Atari. Sure. Like, there was no sort of, like, DRM or right. special licensing you would need. You just needed to have the wherewithal to, like, build that effing cartridge and have and know somebody that had the programming chops to put shit on some exactly. transistors or whatever. Yeah, so you could get, um, yeah, so there was, like, famously Custard's Last Stand Atari game. Have you heard of that one? No, but I'm looking at X-Man right now, Atari 2600, YouTube. 
Okay. Oh, boy. This is going to end badly for some poor lady. Because there he comes yes. with his four pixel long Johnson. So there you go, right? Pixelated right. Johnsons. Mm-hmm. Actually, was, I think it was three pixels, and then the the other part was just one pixel. Big, giant yeah, and pixels. I, again, speaking about insensitive ra- racial portrayals, so they had Custer's Last Stand for Atari, <laughs> which in essence, there was a, what was, again, it's just pixels, so it's kind of hard to make out what's really going on, but, so there's a bunch of pixels that are supposed to be a naked Native American woman tied to a stake. And then you are Custer, and you have to move toward her, dodging arrows. And if you get to her, you get to rape her. <laughs> not that that's, it's not funny. It's this not is funny. long, yeah, I mean, like, you know, political correctness isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, some people try to, like, you know, be down on the PC cops, but really, like, I don't know. Yeah, but we would not. It's not really anything okay about that. But we would not have Custer's Last Stand or X-Men. It's very, very bizarre. I mean, X-Men, I'm not that familiar with that one. I know there's one. It doesn't appear to be like witches. Racially witches something at all. But. No, well, I don't want to see. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. Come on. There's, yeah, there's a, there's a handful of infamous Atari 2600 games. But then, you know, in the early 90s, that's when CD-ROMs started to become more popular. So you could actually, like, include... A weird little 160 by 120 pixelated video for, heck, you know what I like, mean? Things like that could start to be included. Like actual, like live action. Yes. Wow. I mean, granted, it, it kind of is a little bit like the pixel movie we were, we were postulating earlier. But Right, right. Well. So, yeah, there was some okay, interactive erotic I can see, I can see how this was a, a community of sorts and you would be aware of it. Not that you would necessarily sit around and play it. For hours. Right. Well, I didn't have access to it. Well, several things. I didn't have a computer probably powerful enough to play this because, again, this was like state of the art. Well, I was talking about the even the Atari 2600 shit. Yeah. Or Leisure Suit Larry. You had that a couple years later. Leisure Suit Larry was something because a lot of those, because that was made by the Sierra company that did like King's Quest and Space Quest. I was a huge fan of those Sierra, old school Sierra adventure games. Those are legitimate games, though, right? Yeah, they are. But Leisure They're Suit Larry's awesome just games. going around, like, fucking people, isn't he? Well, no, Leisure Suit Larry, so oh, here's the thing, I've never really played it. I was under the impression, so the so let's say Space Quest, right, which is kind of like this freeform, eh, freeform is not the right word, but, you know, it's like a narrative, right? It's very strong with the narrative, like your character, you have to do this, then that, and, you know, it's kind of done in this kind of pseudo three-dimensional eh, it's really two-dimensional i guess but you know you in essence it's kind of it's almost like you know it's like it's like a two-dimensional view not looking head down but like looking at your character kind of side scrolling in a way but it's not actually two-dimensional it's three-dimensional it's a pseudo three-dimensional because you could move into the foreground or background okay. as well mm-hmm. and you could your character you could walk around you'd walk from screen to screen you and you could type in commands to say what you wanted to do Right. Pick up wrench. Okay. And walk on top say, you know, drop wrench on guard. Right? right. Things like that. And they were very clever, right? So you could say to type in different all kinds of different funny things. There'd be funny responses. Um you know, in essence you just have to always figure out how to get from like one 
obstacle to the next, right? Kind of by using your your wits. It wasn't like an adventure or action game at all. Uh, and Leader Shoot Larry, King's Quest was the same way, except that was like in a fantasy setting. Space Quest was the same thing in a sci-fi setting. Big fan of those games. Leisure Shoot Larry, I always imagined, was kind of the same thing, just kind of with this like sexual comedy type genre applied to it. This Jackie Treehorn like, flavored. Yeah, it would be like, oh, the girl, you know, took me back to her place. But first I need a condom. You don't have a condom. It's like, oh, shit. What do I need to do now? Like, you know, look in drawer. You open the drawer. Blah, blah, blah. Fling girl you know, up. No condoms on, there, though. Find 10 friends and fling girl up into air on a blanket five times right. and a condom will fall out of her yes. bikini bottom. Yes, exactly. You'd have to eventually figure that out and do that. <laughs> okay. Ben, you, you played this one, though. I never played Leisure Suit Larry. I could only have my imagination to go by what it was like. I have played Space Quest 1 through 3. But I've heard of Leisure Suit Larry. It, again, it's infamous, right? Because, well, one, it gets like kind of some press because it's like, oh, computer games aren't just for kids. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, and it's still something that I think we maybe were starting to move away from as the population that grew up with computer games is aging. But even in like the 90s, 2000s, they're like, oh, a computer game. Well, that's for like a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, Call of Duty. You're like blowing people's head off into bloody messes. It's like, that's no good for kids. <laughs> like, well, you know, it's not really well for kids. Right. It's not really good for anybody, probably. I don't know. Mech Warrior, at least they were giant robots i mean i guess theoretically there was a man inside there somewhere but yeah but it wasn't graphic no it's just metal blowing up yeah i think that was the first no no the second computer game i played i think what was the uh, first ah uh, we talked about it uh you know shoot your little bombs that thing is huge elvis the yes. thermonuclear device. Right. Whatever. Okay. What the hell? What's it called? Scorched, Scorched Earth. Scorched Earth. Why why does it elude me so? But that was like the angry birds of its day. Jackie Treehorn is a leisure suit Larry type of character, though. He lives in that world at least. He lives in that world. I mean, he's the owner of that world. I always imagined Leisure Suit Larry to be a somewhat like Well, he's low rent. Jackie Tree rent, Horns, yeah. not, he's like the highest class you can have of that type of Yeah, he's at world. the top of the pyramid. He's at the top of the leisure suit pyramid. Yes. Yes, he is. He's king. He wields his staff with authority. And he's got a totally unspoiled pad to boot. I want to say something about his totally unspoiled pad. Please do. Please do. It is um, a visual slash reflective surfaces note. Okay. It's been a while. Let's hear it. So I guess I'll start with this one. But at. Oh, shit. Where is it? It's right when Jackie Treehorn goes over to fix the dude, his white Russian. And now he's turning around to walk back to the dude. And with your your well-known history of not being able to see or hear anything I talk about, you won't be able to notice it. 
but Jackie's standing between the two chairs, and I have a visual aid here, which is also difficult to see. It's the second one. I did see this visual aid, yes. So, the glass door that goes outside is open, leading out onto another sort of porch patio area. I can only assume that was open so we weren't seeing reflections of all of the like crew inside. But there is a reflection of one person's face, and it's kind of, they have sort of like a thinker pose, and their hand is kind of in front of their mouth, and the, on their face is sort of resting on their fist. And they're just there, and they're looking in at this scene, and you can just see them there. I'm almost positive of it. But it might just be a giant palm frond, too. So I will say a thinker pose. Maybe that can help me. Cause I, I, so I see your visual aid. I see how you've blown up the area in question. And they're looking right to left. Right to left. I mean, because I see nothing. I just see like an indistinct shape. Well, and it's like their, their hand is almost covering their mouth. So it's not underneath their chin. It's like covering their mouth. And they're looking Dude, to the uh, left. This is a okay. The record is unspoiled. I cannot see what you're talking about one bit. I'm having a lot of trouble with it. But I think it's probably just a palm frond. But it looks like somebody. It's like they set up the cameras inside. You know, there's a ton of people inside. Jackie's walking towards the camera, and they had a little like video world out there where like Joel or Ethan could be sitting. So they wouldn't be quite as distracted. You know, sometimes you just have to set up away from like where the dolly is and everything. There's too much shit going on. So you set up a little video world away from all of that. And then you carefully, you sit there and you watch intently a screen and listen to the audio. But maybe not. Maybe not. What I see is kind of like, it kind of looks like, Gimli, the dwarf from Lord of the Rings. Okay. But with more of a, with a beard a little more scruffy, more like what I would call like a biker beard. Wearing a little leather hat. <laughs> That's the kind of like Rorschach blot wow. interpretation my mind makes of these like shapes. Well, I desperately wanted to see one of the production crew in the reflection. So that's why I'm seeing that, I guess. And you just want to be surrounded by Gimli-like dwarves. Middle-earth-type yeah, dwarves. Biker dwarves. Biker, biker dwarves. Biker Middle-earth dwarves. All right. Well, I, uh, I'm i not convinced by this even myself, so don't feel bad. Because the way it's moving around now, I kind of feel like it might just be one of the palm leaves out of focus in the background. But I have another visual note, and it's my second visual aid. Shoot. When the dude and Jackie walk into his house, and we see them from inside the pool area, looking through mm -hmm. the glass wall. Yes. This idea of transparency, but Jackie is not being transparent. Right. And Those are the types of little... Things little things Let's, that you have to really think about. You got to put your thinking cap on. You do. Your filmic symbolism thinking cap. Mm -hmm. It's everywhere. It surrounds us. Between you, between me, the pool, Jackie, 
the dude. The pool is disturbed. The water is rippling, moving. It's as if somebody just got out, like there had been swimming going on. Everything's moving, rippling. I can only assume that was to get some texture in it, so it wouldn't seem so flat down in the bottom half of the screen. And to like Could be. throw some reflections around in there just to make it cooler looking with the dreamy music going on. Then when Jackie well, fixes... Is the, is the pool supposed to be outdoors, do you think? Because um, that you know, rippling could just be from the air, the water, the wind. I assumed it was supposed to be indoors, but you you could be right. It could be outdoors. I really couldn't say. But you're right. The rippling makes a way for a way better shot. It does. Just makes it look way cooler. It just seems like it's not that windy. You can see palm fronds on the left there. That's true. They're moving. That's true. Maybe a tiny bit, but not like this. Then when Jackie sits down next to the dude, we see the pool in the background and it's like glass. Perfectly still. Oh, really? Now? Yes. So that's at 7629. It's about 30 seconds. So there, you, there, there you go. But they didn't, yeah, you know, they didn't want it to distract because now we're going to be on a close-up of Jackie and it's going to be right behind his head. They didn't want to distract from his, his character's moment because he doesn't have that many. But right. this wide well, establishing... Field, it's, out of, it's out of focus too, so it's almost kind of hard to... Yeah, but you would have noticed it moving around. You yeah. Know? But he's like, yeah, it's like, give him his moment. Don't try to get all fancy with the visuals, especially when they're right behind him. Just be done with it now. The establishing shot, that's one thing. Set up the the space, the geography, the mood, the setting, if you will. But then you don't have to be so like anal retentive about it. I would have been back there before every take, splashing it around to match it. Again, wasting my efforts. Not necessary. Don't waste your time. Speaking of which... Breaking the Bond, I'm re-editing that and submitting it to that Quantum Film Festival, and I'm almost finished. Nice. And I have cut out probably three minutes out of that seven-minute-long movie already. I'm probably not even halfway done, actually. You gotta know how to edit. I mean, you know how to Sometimes. edit, but you just you get too close to it. Right. You think everything's important. really need that shot of this digital omelet no you don't just cut it out get to the point so that's your digital omelet huh? it's not because there is an omelet well there's in that film there is there's an egg in it so i thought i'd throw you off there it just popped into well, there you, but... you you worked you you succeeded and you know it's not consider me thrown off it's not necessarily digital it's quantum it's tiny digital well, the graphene was created digitally. How about this dreamy music? Yes. Henry Mancini. Good old Hank. Hank, yep. Hank man. Hank. Hank's the Manx. Hanksini. Hanksini. <laughs> Very good. Composer of the Pink Panther theme. I know that's a theme near and dear to your heart. It is. I love it. One of these days, Brad, one of these days, I'm sure the ship has sailed for you, but it'll, it'll help you understand me 
and my brother. Just a little bit better. I would start out with strikes again, if I were you. All right, Pink Panther. So out of order. Yeah, it's not, you don't have to go in order. I don't think. I okay. don't think it's necessary. Because then you'd go with, like, what, a shot in the dark or something? Or just the Pink Panther? So those are, like... Because, like, uh... Wasn't the Pink Panther... Eh, it doesn't matter, I guess. Like, the Pink Panther... Peter Sellers isn't even the main character. David Niven. That's two David Niven references? Really? It happens sometimes. <sighs> da- Odd, strange, but true. Yeah, David Niven is the main character in that one. Pretty sure that's how that worked. Or maybe I'm thinking of a shot in the dark. Uh, no, I think it was the Pink Panther. So, yeah. Peter Sellers jumped over and once a shot in the dark came out. So Peter Sellers and David Niven appeared in the same movie together. Yes. It's not that David Niven played the same character as Peter Sellers later plays. No, and Peter Sellers is playing Jacques Clouseau. It's just that Inspector Jacques Clouseau is not the main guy. That's all. David Niven got top billing. What after that though, it was it's like shit, that's the best. That's the best character. It's all about Clouseau now. Right, Inspector Clouseau. Um it wasn't Jacques Clouseau though. Yeah. It was Jacques Clouseau. Jacques Clouseau. Jacques Clouseau. Cousteau. Mm-hmm. That's just weird. Why are they named so similarly? I don't so know similarly? why they're named so similarly. I don't know if it's on purpose. It's like if we made an iconic comedic detective today and named him like <laughs> Sturrock Obama. <laughs> like, what? That's just his name. Like, wh- wh- why? James Blamerin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or like those little blue fruits and you called them Blumbos for some weird reason. You wouldn't do that. Because if I look at a picture of Sellers as Inspector Clouseau and then I look at a picture of David Niven, yeah, they're very similar. Well, they're both British, so... And they both have start there. the strange kind of mustache and the same kind of way they use their face. You should... I'm kind of being blown away, because I think... I don't know. It's just I'm confused now. I think maybe I never realized that David Niven... So... In the Pink Panther... So like... And... And... Peter Sellers. I think I always thought David Nevin in the Pink Panther was Peter Sellers, maybe. That could be. Could be. And then if you look at Jacques Cousteau as a younger man, you might be able to throw his hat in the ring for same ballpark of person. Not in his later years. No, but in his younger years, you're totally right. Shape of the head, shape of the face, you know? Set of the eyes. I think the, the eyes are a little droopy, you know? In the corners, yeah. It's just no okay. <laughs> don't whole, try to make sense of it. I don't think there is anything to be is gleaned now. Nothing to be gleaned from that. But bottom line, Henry Mancini. Yeah, Lou Jean. I guess is how you say it. All right, Spanish Lou Jean. It's also known as Slow Hot Wind. Hmm. It does sound like yeah, maybe slow it's hot Lou Hone. It's because it, it is from the album Mister Lucky Goes Latin. Oh. 
Yeah. And I don't understand this sentence. Its name comes from the percussion instrument played by Shelley Mann, which was named Lujan as a pun on John Lewis of the modern jazz quartet who commissioned its construction. I, I just, that sentence. It's a tough one, but I think I understand it. It's a real it. tough one. It's. But it's Wikipedia. It's got some density, which is my explanation for. For the pool, not having any more ripples. Maybe it's just highly viscous. Like, so viscous that it just immediately stopped rippling. Like oil. Or mud. Somewhere between mud oil. Wrote a story like that once. And it was three people in a boat and they're rowing, but, like, it wouldn't make any ripples. And it just went out as far as the eye could see. Just smooth as glass. And they were rowing for days and... Eventually, one of them fell in, and they just plummeted to the bottom, and didn't even make a splash. It just and it's just immediately gone. Kind of like that scene in Under the Skin. Now that I think about it, or those scenes in Under the Skin, where they're walking down into that, it's not yes. really making any ripples. But I forgot to give the story a title, so my college professor called it Three Men in a Boat." <laughs> so you don't give it a title, I title it. Three men in a boat. The guy in the hat kills the other guy in the hat. <laughs> right. Lu uh, Hong. That's a little throw mama from the train reference in case you didn't catch it. The night was sultry. Yes. <laughs> I have to say, that is the only movie that has really decent creative writing humor in it. Really? The only At one? At least that I know of. It's like humor... By creative writers for creative writers. What about Stranger Than Fiction? It's got a little bit of that. Stranger Than Fiction. Will Ferrell. Oh, you could be right. You know, I didn't see that. Dustin Hoffman. You didn't see that? I didn't see that. Oh, you got to see that one, Brad. I forgot all about that. Yeah, I should check that out. Yeah, that's good. I could see that that could have, that could, that could top throw mama for the creative, uh, creative writing fiction there's their creative writing uh humor prize there's also maybe not quite in the same league but bowfinger's got a little like writing humor in it but more like screenwriting but that's got a little bit of it bowfinger right steve martin eddie murphy yeah i remember that a little bit i remember that movie existed i don't think i ever saw that chubby rain (laughs) chubby rain (laughs) what was the what was the movie with uh, Warren Beatty, where he plays the senator. Dick Tracy. That's going to die. Um, hmm. It had a name, like a one word name like that. Bullworth. Oh, I don't think I ever saw that. It was okay. I remember seeing it like around the time that when it was, when it was fresh. But uh, yeah, Bullworth. Okay. Bowfinger, Bullworth. Was it ni- uh, 90s Different movie? films. Bullworth or is that 80s? Bullworth? That was like late 90s. Oh, Bullworth. Okay, 98. Look at that. Yep. Contemporary of our friend Mr. Lebowski here. You know what else is contemporary of our friend Mr. Lebowski is... And by Mr. Lebowski, I mean the movie Mr. Lebowski. That's also... the character Mr. Lebowski, because he's from early 90s. I was tracking you. Yes. I'm, I'm right there with you. But Boogie Nights. I think Boogie Nights was 97. So first, I think in maybe one of our very first episodes, we talked about the movie Kingpin, which was also a bowling movie 
came out around the same time. And so like that was kind of a little confusing. It's like, wait, there's two bowling movies. They're really doing this thing again where they're copying each other. There was another one of these Dante's Peak Volcano right. situations. or Armageddon, Deep Impact. Yeah, exactly. Kingpin, Big Lebowski. Right. Or so you'd think. But it didn't work out that way. No. So I saw Boogie Nights, and then this scene comes on, and now we've got another, like, right. pornographer, like, but high-class pornographer who's getting, like, He's got to adjust to the times because video and all these amateurs are coming in and ruining the game and he can't invest in story production value, you know, and it's like the same thing because Burt Reynolds has that same speech he gives to Dirk Diggler, Eddie Adams. And it's like he rehearses it. He then gives it to whatever his name was, the new kid on the block, but whatever. It's like the same speech went on. Right. No, you're, you're, yeah. So it's like that cosmic soup, cosmic writer's soup was out yeah, there. Yeah, it was all out there. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, there was something about the zeitgeist of the late 90s. Yeah. Maybe it was like this coming internet thing or something. It was like so reflected in the, the move. Well, you know, adult entertainment is always a step ahead. Right. They're always the first adopters. Right. That's true. You know, now that there's, well, you know, now that VR is becoming a thing again, supposedly, I don't really know. They just won't let it die. It's like 3D. They keep trying. Yeah. Well, I'll say the Oculus is like way more advanced than any of the stuff they've done in the past. But yeah, but that's the first thing everyone's like, like, oh, well, where's the the sex stuff for it? (laughs) Right. The internet. It's probably the first video uploaded to the internet right it's porn so yeah so there was something maybe about this whole you know you know the being at this very beginning of this digital revolution they were both period pieces they're both period pieces and how is it reflected right? right through this change in pornography that was kind of the bellwether right so they're talking about these amateurs taking over right like that okay Fast forward to, to right now, seven oh eight, right it's at this YouTube. moment, this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We are some amateurs. We haven't quite taken over, but no. But here we we you know we're doing it. We're chipping away at the right. But every one this American lives for, of the world. Yeah, for every one person listening to this, right? That's that's <laughs> that's one less hour you're spending. Listening to This American Life or watching Game of Thrones or whatever. You know, granted, you're in your car and you have nothing better to do because otherwise you'd be raging. <laughs> so it's it's a slightly better alternative than raging. Because if you're in your car listening to this, like you, maybe then you're raging. You're trapped, <laughs> right? Maybe it's the cause of the rage. It's a rage yeah. inducer could be, but they would have access to This American Life in that case. And they're still listening to gutter balls instead. We salute you. We do. But yeah, weird. I mean, I'm sure all the, you've listened to all of the This American Lives, all of the serials, all of the radio labs, the song exploders, the 99% invisibles, the invisibilias, uh, mm-hmm. the serials, the wandering DP. And it's like, oh, shit, I'm at the end of my queue. That's all that I have left is gutter balls. 
at least, you know, you can rest assured that it'll take you through the entire work week, pretty much, depending on the length of your commute. But it is not four hours long. I will say that. Right. We're not getting into James Cameron territory. No, there's no need for it. But weird, though, right? He's got the exact same spiel as Burt Reynolds. But Boogie Nights came first, although they were writing Big Lebowski long before Boogie Nights. Right. It's not like they, I mean, it's possible, but it's not like they saw Boogie Nights and then, like, stole it. No, no. Or even subconsciously added it in. It's just, like you said, it's just a bizarre thing that was out there. Yeah. I'm like, are all movies now going to have a scene where a pornographer bemoans the fact that video and amateurs are, you know, hacking away at their business model? Is that just what movies are going to have now? Like, we were talking about this. As a hacker, you should know this. There was, you know, they had to... Movie makers, movie writers, I guess I should say, screenwriters, had to develop a convention by which you could know that the hacker, you know, he's typing away, hacking away, come on, time is running out, da-da-da-da-da-da. And then you, but you're seeing the reverse shot. You're not seeing the screen so much. You don't want to date mm-hmm. it too much. So you're seeing their face lit up by the glow of the screen. One final button. What do they say? Right after they have finished their job and done what hacking they've needed to do. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to spoil. I'm trying not to say the. What would he say? Final right. button. Click. I, I, I don't know. Bingo. Bingo. And there's this mashup. This like cut up of. Bingo, 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 bingo. And it's like, there was just this period of time where it was shorthand for, I have successfully hacked into the network. Bingo. And then eventually it got like two played and they had to come up with something else. And I think, and we might still be in this epoch, epoch. It's the, uh, we're in. We're in. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, this was like, I think when they... I was thinking something like that. Like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, we're in. That's what I was... That's where my mind was going. I was trying to conjure that, and I couldn't quite do it. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. But bingo was the precursor to we're in or I'm in. Yeah, well, in the very early movies, like, they tried to make it cinematic and would do weird things like, <clears throat> oh, here's a person sitting at their computer hacking, but like... The visual would be like some kind of three-dimensional world right. that you're navigating. And, oh, no, now there's like a skull and crossbones. Can't go that way. Oh, let me go the other way. <laughs> kind of a thing. Like like War Games era, maybe? I'm even, well, I'm thinking even farther that. I'm thinking like the movie Hackers. Oh, Hackers. With Angelina Jolie. Right. Before she was... Anyone, really. It's bizarre to think back that that was her in that movie now. She doesn't get along with her dad, does she? In real life? Yeah. John Voight? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. That sounds... That, that rings true to me, but... Yeah, I don't think she gets along with him. I don't have my finger on the pulse there too much. Hackers was 95. I think the bingo thing started with War Games. Which, yeah, it could have. Which was... Yeah, War what, Games was kind of like the original... Hacker movie, really, wasn't it? Seems like it, I would say. I'm not sure. We might be forgetting something. Speaking of cut-ups, 
I don't even know if that's the right word, but I prefer it to mash up. How about cut down? Did you watch I, Steven Soderbergh's cut down of 2001 yet? I did not. Me either. Why? What else I have I done? I wouldn't, I'm not so into the movie. Like, it's not like a, like where like Lebowski, like I know the movie so shot for shot that I would even like notice the difference. Well, no, neither would I really. I've like, I think it would only be valuable to watch them both side by side and then think, okay, well, why did he cut this differently or watch it one way? I'd have to like invest the time to watch the original first, then watch his cut. See, I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, I know the movie enough. I've probably seen it four or five times. Mm hmm. I watched it maybe four or five years ago the last time. I think that's perfect. I know it just enough, but I don't have it in my local memory, you know? I would love to watch Soderbergh's version now and see if I think, oh, that was a good movie. Or if I'm like, what the hell? Where's the scene with, you know, the monkey with the bone using it as a tool or whatever? But I'm sure that shot's Mm -hmm. in there. I'm sure the shots you remember are in there. It's probably just like the 10 minutes of the guy running in circles around the uh, rotating whatever. You know, he's jogging down the thing. It's like, oh, maybe he lengthened those scenes. (laughs) But it's only those scenes. Well, I don't know. See, we don't know. This is what I want to find out. It's possible, I suppose. Yeah, I don't. I just I want to know. It's been eating at me. I spend a lot of time doing other less important things. It seems like it's the least I could do. Speaking of Valerie, we have a Valerie follower on our Twitter account, and she posted a picture. We I don't think we should publicize it because it'll have her last name on it, but it's here in the document if you would like to look at that. I did. I did see that. It's did a you look at that? Of her there in the uh, in the in the house, the uh, the Sheets Goldstein. The house. Sheets Goldstein house. Boom. I like this Sheets Goldstein house. Me I do too. Have to say. I would like to live in a Sheets Goldstein house. These couches are concrete, I think. I mean, the cushions are cushions, nice. but I think the couches are concrete. Nice. You see that? Oh, I see it. Yeah, I think you're Crazy. right. Crazy. There's something awesome about that, though. The contrast of it. Couch made out of concrete, but then you got nice cushions on it. Valerie is here sitting with a very doodly looking fella too yes anyway they're here well they're here paying their respects right to the sheets as as goldstein uh, mansion to the goldstein they're sitting right in the same spot the dude did so any valerie thank you for following our twitter account at guttercast and thank you for having that picture there yes it's good to know there's other abiders out there It's always good to know. Sometimes, you know, it gets a little lonely. You start having doubts. Right. You think you're an asshole. Kind of like how the dude's being. How's the smut business? That's kind of a jerky thing to say. Don't you think? Yeah, he's being, well, he's coming in with his his bravado. Right. He thinks he's holding all the cards here. Mm -hmm. Because why? Because he knows where the money is. He's got what Jackie wants. He's like, yeah. (laughs) My, how the tables have turned. Right. Little does he know. The money is with a 15-year-old kid. (laughs) Well, don't spoil it. That's a spoiler alert, man. I tell you, I saw John... John Riley. John Riley? You mean John C. Riley? No. Speaking of Boogie Nights? Speaking of Boogie Nights, I saw John Riley. It all connects. John Riley and friends. uh, 
Julianne Moore and P.S. Hoff, both in Boogie Nights, both in Lebowski. He plays this like roots, old cowboy type music. Very John C. Riley. Yeah, John Riley. He drops the C, I think. He drops the C when he plays when he plays his music. The C is for cowboy. He doesn't need it in his name. But it's kind of it's kind of amazing stuff. The harmonies are so tight. The songs are I don't know. About real shit that used to happen hundred years ago, hundred twenty years ago. They just have an old timey like we're we got our cowboy boots in the dirt. It was really good. It's not normally my cup of tea, that kind of thing. But I'm like, John Riley is going to play music near me? That's a novelty that I must experience. It was great. I don't know what to tell you. That's why I was tired. Because that was last night and I was out too late. Too tired. It was worthy. It's a worthy reason to be tired. Yeah, but anyway... It's way better than being tired just because you're like on Tumblr till 2 a.m. <laughs> right. Or lounging around on the poop deck. Nice. Nice. Next time on Gutter Balls. She didn't run off. She's been, um. I've heard that kidnapping story, so save it. I know you're mixed up in all this, dude. 